0: The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello, Stock Insiders. Today, natural gas, the cleanest form of fossil fuel on the planet, producing the least amount of carbon emissions per unit of electricity. Demand for natural gas is growing, and in one corner of the world, Asia, the gas demand story is stronger than anywhere else. In fact, Asia is slated to overtake Europe as the biggest gas-consuming region in the globe. The region's massive thirst for cheap gas expected to increase by 40% in less than a decade. So today, we're going to look at a potential option to get your teeth into that Asian energy growth market, Conrad Asia Energy. They've been working on Indonesian offshore gas targets since 2010, originally as a private energy company engaging in the exploration, appraisal and development of natural gas projects in Southeast Asia. Now, they're on the ASX, Code CRD. Is there investment potential for you in their energy play? What could they say to convince you to be part of their story? I'm Christina Morrissey. Let's dive into Stock Insiders. And the expert guiding us through the Conrad Asia story, non-executive director, Mr. Mario Traviati. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. Great to have you on the show. Now, Conrad, let's set the scene. You are an Aussie company. So why Asia and in particular Indonesia and by virtue of location Singapore?
1: Yeah, um, just to give you sort of my background, um, I I lived in Singapore for 10 to 15 years. Um, I was head of Merrill Lynch's Asia Pacific Energy Research Team, so I have a deep understanding uh, of the energy markets uh, in that region. Uh, when we look at the region, as you pointed out in your introduction, it's the fastest-growing energy consumption region in the world and the fastest-growing gas consumption region in the world. So it's a it's a it's an economic powerhouse that that's hungry for energy and obviously a a region of the world that does need to transition from from coal to to natural gas. So the investment opportunity that's come up is obviously in Indonesia. now again as you pointed out in your introduction it's the fourth most populous country in the world but it's also one of the fastest growing economies uh in the world so this is a an economy that that again used to be well indonesia was part of opec at some stage so they had a lot of oil and gas production that it was exporting and now they've turned to a into a big importer so if you look at the macro energy environment sort of globally, there's no better place on planet Earth to, to try and build a, uh, a gas business. So what we were trying to do, what we're doing with Conrad is positioning the company in this, in this enormous market opportunity for, for gas in Asia and helping some of the economies in Asia transition from, uh, from coal from coal to natural gas. So
0: it's coal that's being used
1: to power those nations at the moment? Correct. Yeah, they're big consumers of coal and, and they're amongst the fastest growing carbon emitters in the world. And And the G20 was actually, it's interesting, the G20 last year, late last year, was actually in Indonesia, which is sending out a pretty strong signal to the rest of the world of what they believe is happening in that country. At the G twenty, um, the G twenty committed something like twenty billion dollars to help transition Indonesia away from coal. So there's a huge opportunity there for for, for, for the gas uh, for the gas for, for people to go to their gas businesses in that country.
0: What was the catalyst for Conrad to push that button and float on the ASX last year?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, we we've been a private company for for, for about ten years and we've been funding our activities uh, obviously through through the private equity route and through high net worth uh, sort of individuals over that period, but when you get to a certain size um, and you want to expand a little bit more aggressively in the macro environment and your asset base suits that expansion, then you really need to tap sort of the public markets uh, for that uh, uh, for that additional equity that you need. The other thing too is as as a public company operating in some of these markets being public um, makes you a little bit more transparent in terms of your you know, your finances, your, your, your board, your people and, and your whole structure. So if you look at our project that's going to be supplying uh, gas from Indonesia to Singapore, having that transparency and and, and, and behind that actually enhances your ability to operate in in some of these markets mm.
0: talk us talk, talk us through that that project the the Mar- Marco or mako project
1: mako yeah, yeah the mako gas fuel. yeah we discovered mako uh, in 2016 it was an exploration well that we drilled and funded and funded privately which was a which was a high risk. I mean, all exploration's is risky, but we were we were fortunate in that we did a lot of our homework and 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 made that uh, made that discovery. Now Mako, as it sits today, then we've drilled a few appraisal wells and delineated the resource, and it actually ended up being two times bigger than what we actually thought. So as Mako sits there today, it's the largest undeveloped gas field uh, in the Western Natuna, in the West Natuna Sea. Now that area of West Natuna has been supplying gas to Singapore and Malaysia for more than two decades. So it's got a long history of uninterrupted gas supply into those two two markets. So if you threw a dart at Asia and wanted to hit the best place to find gas, it would be it. Basically all the export infrastructures in place, the big trunk lines both into Singapore and Malaysia, And there's a lot of oil and gas platforms that are currently running at probably 20 to 30% of their capacity. So there's a lot of capacity in the system to take gas and export it into those particular markets. The beauty of having all the established infrastructure is that your development is relatively straightforward, uh, low cost. And obviously, the low cost, uh, and the area itself is shallow water, shallow uh, reservoirs at the gas where the gas is held. So all of this combined gives you a, a pretty high rate of return uh, on the project and a fairly simple, fairly simple development.
0: How are you going to get that gas across to Singapore? Is it pipeline or?
1: Correct. Yeah, there's already pipelines in the system in the Western Tuna Sea that's connected directly into Singapore. So basically, you, you and all the reticulation system's already in place. As I said, that area has been producing gas into Singapore for over, over two decades. What we'll be doing is basically just tapping into the existing infrastructure, which makes it, as I said, very, very simple concept and, and, and a low-cost development.
0: So do you need to sell off any of the project? Because it, you, it's not 100% owned by yourselves, is it? But do you need to sell off any more of it to fund any future work there to, to, to be yeah. the production up to speed?
1: Yeah, that's our plan at the moment. At the moment, we've um, we're, we've got a data room open. Mm-hmm. We're looking to sell down from seventy-six and a half percent to fifty percent, and that will reduce our CapEx uh, exposure to the program to f- to about f- the project cost is around three hundred million US dollars. So it'll reduce our CapEx to one fifty, and then that additional twenty-six and a half percent. Uh, that we sell, Mm. will bring in some much needed cash to help us fund that project. So we're looking to fund the project uh, with project finance. Once again, having a a gas project as opposed to oil and having a counterparty such as the Singapore government uh, really enhances our ability to to, to fund that type of project.
0: Yeah, uh, just just interesting because I didn't actually realise that you put the hold in the ground to find this one because I know you've had a lot of success you're actually looking at assets that are already there aren't you those uh, when I was reading some of the the material on Conrad you described as a company that specializes in the identification and acquisition of undervalued overlooked and technically misunderstood gas gas assets which I wanted to talk to you
1: about what does that last one actually mean technically misunderstood Well, sometimes if you look at the area, like Mako, we actually made the discovery ourselves and we appraised the discoveries and we're the operator. But our other area that we operate now is in Acher, And in Aceh, there was discoveries, gas discoveries made there in the 1970s. So if you go back to the 1970s, people looking for oil, um, actually found gas and back then uh, gas was a second prize um, and a very little value in that particular location. So once again, we knew the gas was there, underappreciated, not valued and basically forgotten about for decades. So we ended into what's called a joint study area where we had sort of exclusive arrangements to, to, to do studies, desktop studies effectively in the area, and if we like to convert that to a production sharing contract, and then undertake a more detailed exploration, i.e., shooting seismic and drilling wells, over the next thirty years. So we're 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 on the lookout for opportunities, whether they be whether we have to find them ourselves. And we've been very fortunate. In fact, we've had a hundred percent drilling success rate uh, as a private private company, So we're actually, you know, we sort of pride ourselves on on our, on our drilling activities. And in ACHE, in the case of ACHE, we identified assets that were discovered, uh, in this case by Unocal in the 1970s and, and not developed. And so we chased them down. It's taken us six, five, six years to get there, but we're very, very excited about what we've got in ACHE. Are
0: you surprised that they weren't developed or snapped up earlier by others in the market?
1: Yeah I, yeah, I am actually. But once again, we started this, I mean, this whole gas, uh, rising gas price and, and gas transition fuel story really took off probably three years ago, um, whereas our entree into the at-chair appraisal started you know, five to six years ago. Mm. So we were we were years ahead of the, the curve. So once you've appoint, once you're awarded a joint study, you do have exclusivity over that area until they decide to put it up for production for a production sharing concept. So, so n- not surprised at the time. But if the same thing would to have happened today, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's highly unlikely that a small company like um, Conrad would have been given access to such an opportunity.
0: Great. Right. Okay. So, describe the response of
1: the markets and the power companies to what you're offering. Uh, to, to Mako, yeah. um, as I said, we've got um, we've got a data room open. Um, that data room is being run by a major US uh, investment bank. We've um, we've got huge interest um, by big companies, uh, national oil companies, uh, both Asian uh, companies and international companies. So they see it as a a good sort of footprint into Asia. I mean, you know, signing a gas contract to supply gas to Singapore sets you up for a 10 to 15 year steady and secure sort of cash flow stream. So there is a lot of interest in that particular asset from, from companies looking to expand into Asia. Because the other side of what's happening is obviously there's a lot of um, countries around the world and governments sort of try demonising the, the fossil fuel industry, as we've seen here in Australia and, and parts of Europe and even North America. So some of those companies that are struggling to grow uh, and identify opportunities in those countries and markets are actually looking to come to Asia, uh, particularly in the region where we operate, where it's the exact opposite. Um, You've got a situation here in Indonesia where they've got a stated objective to double their gas production between now and 2030. So when you're looking to grow a business and you've got that sort of incentive and and support from the government and the industry in general, it's a pretty attractive place to do business. So we're seeing a lot of interest from people coming from companies from Europe, North America, and even Australia uh, looking to expand into the Asia-pack area, that these countries, all of them, the Vietnam, the Philippines, um, Thailand, particularly Indonesia because of its size, um, is desperate to attract that uh, that kind of investment.
0: You mentioned policies and incentives. What does the politics and policies for resources and mining in Southeast Asian region mean for, for Conrad and for us as potential investors?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, people... Often when you talk about Indonesia, um, they always bring up the issue of sovereign risk and, and operating in in those environments. And, and, and without question, whenever it really depends. Conrad's business model is we're offshore and we don't have any onshore production assets or any assets onshore Indonesia. They're all offshore. And that's a deliberate strategy by the company to have all of our businesses located in, in offshore locations, i.e. platforms and, and everything pipelines etc so we don't have anything onshore and the reason for that is you know obviously you've got a a a country with close to 300 million people so the moment you go onshore you're dealing with you know local governments provincial governments Mm. landowners environmental groups operating in a in a in a country that size uh, and dealing with so many interest groups does always could could cause problems Mm. so we've steered away from that um, but any emerging market or any emerging economies that you go onshore and, and, and run into sort of people and landowner issues, you're always going to be, not always, but it's going to be challenging managing all of that. So, and mining companies in particular that have to be onshore uh, can run into problems as we've seen in the past in all of those countries.
0: I feel like in the last six months, just going through all the news and information on Conrad Asia, there's been a lot of talk about yourselves and. And things have been moving quite quickly. Do you feel that in the since you've listed?
1: yeah it, it's an interesting point in that when as soon as we listed, I guess our gravitas with the governments changed um, because obviously the Mako project itself, I mean the net present value to the Indonesian government through its fiscal take is in excess of a billion US dollars. so to to allow to award a planner development to a company like Conrad. Um, they've got to have some certainty that a c- company like Conrad can actually go through and develop the field. So the listing and ha- getting that access to capital to order the long lead items and move forward with the project was pretty critical. So as soon as we listed, um, the government awarded us the, the petroleum development licence and as we've continued to push forward with the project and we're hoping that over the next few months we'll sign the the final sort of binding term sheet to sell gas into Singapore. And again, being a listed company, having access to capital and transparency, has really enhanced our mm-hmm. uh, enhanced our standing in the market. And the other thing that's probably worth mentioning is um, we've got Peter Botton, uh, who's our chairman, um, and a lot of people would know Peter. He's he's not arguably the most successful CEO uh, in Australian sort of corporate history along with Charles Allen. I worked for Charles Allen when I was at Woodside. So Peter's gravitas, his understanding of the gas business, working in emerging economies uh, and dealing with all the issues that you need to deal with is second to none. So that that's helped us a lot as well.
0: I did have him down for a question for you. You beat me to oh, okay. it. So, you received, a, talking about speedy things, you received a speeding ticket from ASX at the beginning of this year, didn't you? Would you like to expand on that and what, what your belief around that was?
1: Yeah, well, basically, we put out our first quarterly, um, and and that was the first one of the first stock exchange announcements that we made. And, and immediately after the first quarterly, uh, Peter and myself did a roadshow, Uh, around Australia going out talking to investors and I guess people had not followed the Conrad story and and I guess you know Peter's presence in the company and his track record certainly attracted a lot of investment interest and and we did we listed at 146 we slipped down to probably the mid 120s and and that road that roadshow effectively put us back over the listing price so even though it ran up but it probably shouldn't have gone down that far in that in that time. So, yeah, it was basically getting out, talking to brokers and, and investors and presenting our quarterly. And not just that, presenting the company, which they'd not been exposed to before.
0: Yeah, you've got to get that story out there. So one last question. You're a big believer in the point of difference. What is Conrad's?
1: Yeah, h- huge. I mean, there's only, if you look at the Asia-Pac region um, and you look at the gas story, and people that want to invest in the Asian gas story, and as I said before, the fastest growing gas consumption region in the world, your best market for gas there's no other listed company that is pure gas, pure offshore. Asia so you know product differentiation is 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 really important and we think we have that you know we've got the projects we've got the people we operate all of our licenses and we're pretty much in complete control of, of what we do in the best macro story um, without any other investment alternative that gives you that direct exposure a lot of the gas in Asia pack is held by the national oil companies so we're one of the few that actually hold um, hold reserves in in a in a company that's completely focused and completely offshore in the gas business.
0: Well, Mario, thanks so much for spending some time with us on Stock Insiders today. We really appreciate it and best of luck. Well, I'm sure there'll be a steady news stream to come.
1: Great. Thank you very much.
0: Cheers. And that is it for Stock Insiders. It's a big gas in Southeast Asia, Indonesia's fourth most populous country globally, as we heard. Conrad Asia Energy, proven resource, bigger than originally forecast. Buyers in close proximity with relative ease of getting the product to end users. We'll talk to you again soon. Do your own research and best of luck getting onto that Asian energy train. I'm Christina Morrissey.